All Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. We're very excited tonight on All Things Unexplained to have Becky Cook, a phenomenal writer and also a Bigfoot expert. She lives in the Jim State of Idaho. She has written several books about Bigfoot. One is Bigfoot Lives in Idaho. She's also written Bigfoot Lives Forever in Idaho. Bigfoot Lives Everywhere and Bigfoot Still Lives in Idaho. And we're so pleased to have her tonight. Here's Becky. Hi. Good to see you. Becky. Hey. Hey, Becky. How are you? Doing great. <laughs> we have a gym from the gym state with us tonight. Well, thank you. Aw, that was the, sweet, Smitty. <laughs> the G-E-M. The G-E-M guy, not the J-I-M. So, we're glad to have you. I did have to have Tim clarify that earlier, too, when he said gem. You guys certainly have a different way of saying gem. <laughs> yeah. Usually it sounds like the name. When we say gem here in the South, it all sounds the same. It's J-I-M sounds like G-E-M. So, just that's our, that's our accent. But it's good to have you tonight. We're so We're so pleased to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I can honestly tell you in preparation for this uh, chat with you tonight, I learned more about Idaho in the last 24 hours than I knew in my entire existence. <laughs> and now I want to know, why why have I not been to Idaho yet? I, can't, I don't understand, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> it's a very beautiful state. You'd enjoy it. Oh, I definitely think I would. Yeah, that's on my list. 31 states. I needed. I've got a few more to 19 left, and I, I want to get all of them before they put me in the ground one day. So, <laughs> Becky, you guys have had an influx of people in Idaho, haven't you? Hasn't there just been a ton of people flocking to live there recently? Yes, yes, just a bunch of people coming up from California and. Um, Majority from California, some from Utah, some from Washington and Oregon, that area. Oh yeah, CJ escaped California to move to North Carolina. <laughs> I did, but my parents were thinking about moving to Idaho and they went there to visit and everybody was like, oh, you Californians driving up all of our prices in town. <laughs> it's, it's true. A lot of the prices are really yeah. going crazy. <laughs> Oh, I bet. I, I kind of yeah, wonder you know, how long they'll stick around, you know, when once we get the crazy, crazy snow. They're not they're not that bad most years, but there are definitely years where you're like, holy cow. <laughs> that would knock me out. I'd be gone. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the true test right there as a native Mississippian. I think Smitty and I would, would not tolerate that winter too well. 
<laughs> yeah, we get a, like an inch of snow around here, and every loaf of bread and every gallon of milk is completely gone off the shelves, and we're pretty much snowbound if, with an inch of snow. So, wow. Uh, I don't know why people want to make milk sandwiches, but apparently people... Just love bread and milk when it snows. I don't know what the deal is with that. Comfort food. Comfort it's, food. It's great. I yeah. guess so. And toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. That was Although a how they eat toilet snow, paper, but... I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no. That should be on my strong addiction, that show on on TV. So. <laughs> well, I tell you what, one thing, the more I learned about Idaho, the more... I could see this as being a really squatchy place. It it really was impressive. So the population of Idaho is only one, roughly 1.8 million people right now. Yeah. Which just blew blew my mind. It's the 12th least populous state in the country, but the 13th largest state geographically. So you've got a lot of wide open space there, right? Yep, yep. A lot of mountains, some really beautiful, beautiful country. One of my kids was saying, well, there's not really any national parks, but there are wilderness areas that are set aside for for future, I don't know, for future populations to enjoy. Oh, yeah, and that's something somebody online commented about, that Idahoans, I hope, is that how you say it, Idahoans? <laughs> Idahoans. <laughs> I'd, Spudhead. No, I'm Sorry. just kidding. <laughs> you might want to leave the whole part out. You might want to leave the whole part out. But. I, I really have never used that term before. So, Idahoans, somebody said online, must not really like private land because there are four and a half million acres of wild land, uh, uh, public land with no roads. Whatsoever, sixty-three uh, percent of all, all of Idaho is public land, and I guess within that sixty-three percent, four and a half million acres are wild land, which means no roads, no nothing, just untamed wilderness. And that was flabbergasted. And I thought, wow, what a perfect setup for Bigfoot, right? Yeah. Yeah. You think that that has to do do with a lot of. The habitat has to do with a lot of the Bigfoot sightings there. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used, I used to hear more stories from out in the central part of the state where we thought of it as like the Devil's Triangle. It was just a triangular area where there was nothing. And I used to hear some really terrific yep. stories there. And, and then lately, I haven't heard any. But, um, but further up north... Yeah, there's there's more as people come into contact with the Bigfoot then they have these amazing run-ins and they tell us about them. <laughs> you know, that's kind of weird you say that because there's a lot of people around here, I think, that that would but see Bigfoot more frequently, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the past. But now that population's grown, there's more houses... Those types of things, loss of habitat may lead to not as many sightings. Hmm. So. I don't know. I think some people just don't pay attention because I've seen Bigfoot oh, right sure. down in in um, uh, subdivisions, you know, and I just figure people aren't paying attention. 
I don't know how the heck they got there. <laughs> That's one thing we have established on this show is that most people are not paying attention to anything, which is why everything is getting missed. And there's still a few people out there that are keeping their eyes open and keeping their heads up and taking note of what is in their surroundings see things and it seems especially in your books that that is a theme those that have seen bigfoot spent a lot of time outdoors yep hunters and military men and people that like to camp and fish and things like that who are outdoors see bigfoot if you're indoors looking at your phone all the time you're not going to see it <laughs> it's not going to happen yeah yeah <laughs> and you know Becky it's funny you should say that you saw Bigfoot in a subdivision and we definitely want to hear more about your Bigfoot experiences but one of the stories that struck me from your book I was reading Bigfoot still lives in Idaho was a short a short story of Stuart Matthews who I believe was in Pocatello yeah. and I'm I'm sorry if I'm saying these names wrong no that's perfect I literally <laughs> oh great thank you so I, I literally know <laughs> essentially know Idaho, Idahoan geography Except Boise, I suppose. But Pocatello, Stu uh, someone named Stuart Matthews is there. He's a former Special Forces Army, uh, currently a neuromuscular therapist. So we're talking about a really knowledgeable, um, dependable witness here, right? Mm -hmm. And after his sighting, he believes that he said that Bigfoot's, and this is in your book, Bigfoot still lives in Idaho. Bigfoot are beings. They're experts in the wild. They probably know all of the tricks of using shade to their advantage. And he talked about how when he was in the Special Forces, he learned how to. it's possible to hide even under a streetlight in the shadows. And that just totally reminds me of what you talked about there, seeing a Bigfoot in a subdivision. Yep, yep. Well, because who else is out there looking for one, you know? that <clears throat> I honestly think most people would have just looked past what I saw and thought, well, that's a mighty big tree. In fact, that was my first thought was, that's a mighty big tree back there. And they thought, now hang on a second. They don't have any trees back there. They're still laying out their landscape. And here was this Bigfoot, and he was just standing there perfectly still. And there, there he was. Oh, wow. It's incredible. This um, interview with you, Becky, is really full circle for us because we got our start together doing a Bigfoot panel with Tim. He had written some children's books, and we all kind of got on and asked him Bigfoot questions and sort of flew by the seat of our pants. I knew nothing about Bigfoot and had lots of questions, <laughs> and so I, I, read your, I read your story, Bigfoot Lives Forever in Idaho, and I just find you along with the people you interviewed, but you yourself, endlessly fascinating. I mean, you have <laughs> how many children? Just eight. Just, oh, that's all? Just eight. Just eight. Oh, my. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's I two kids and can barely you function. <laughs> so, eight. And then you are among one of the tallest women in the world, right? Yep. Yeah, the last time we looked, and I was our, in the top hundred for the United States and top 200 for the world. But, you know, people are still growing, so. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah. And are all of your children tall as well? 
They're getting there. My I've got two boys that are six eight, and then my girls range from six four to I don't know five eleven, something like that. Wow! Wow! Incredible! Incredible! Hey, Unexplained Ones, this is Dr. Mouse. We would love for you to follow us and give us a five-star review. Check us out at allthings-unexplained.com. There you will find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Buy Me a Coffee, and Patreon. This podcast is made possible with support from listeners like you. We are also brought to you by Coma Toast Tacos, home of Squatching.com, where you'll find my Bigfoot-themed children's books. We appreciate you. And now, back to award-winning Bigfoot author, Becky Cook. So, how did you get your start with your enjoyment and love and fascination with Bigfoot? (laughs) When I was a kid, I grew, I lived on the Fort Hall Choban Indian Reservation. Um... We're not native, but my my dad was actually born on that property on the reservation. So um, dad became a policeman with the Pocatello Police Force, which is the next biggest city to the south. And, but because we lived there on the reservation, he was often called out um, as the liaison officer. You know, if they just, if they found something they couldn't handle, they'd call him as he was just right there. And... My dad had integrity and so much honesty that people just trust him. That's just the way he is. And hopefully they've gained, I've gained that from him. But he, um, it was when I was about four years old, he was called out to help on this call where this Bigfoot was trying to shake a, a mobile home off his foundation. And at the time, a lot of the Indians didn't have, we're talking not even telephones, you know, and and most of them still cooked on over a fire and, and, you know, talking almost third world country. But anyway, this Bigfoot was trying to shake the house off the foundation and the people waited until the... circled the house and ran around the back and they ran out and jumped in the car and went down to the police station and the police sent out two cars with policemen but by the time they got there the the bigfoot was gone but he had completely dismantled the pump house behind the house so they found these great big enormous footprints in the mud and they followed them down the canal towards where we lived and they ran into this Bigfoot that was standing behind a bush, but it was head and shoulders above it was just yelling at them. But the Indians disbelieve if they're not actively hurting anything, you just back off and leave them alone. So they did. They just backed off. And after a little bit, the Bigfoot wandered off and, and left out of that area. And I said, so what happened to the family? Um, and she um, <laughs> actually... I actually heard the rest of the story and that was really amazing to me. So, so that happened when I was four years old and, and I started writing my first book in 2012 and I interviewed this lady and she said, so you don't know the rest of the story? And I said, no. 
Oh. And she said, I said, is there a rest of the story? And she said, yeah. She said that the man who lived in that trailer had taken a pot shot at, at a juvenile Bigfoot and drawn blood and didn't kill it. Oh. It just kept going. But two days later, here comes this Bigfoot that's just so angry. And I'm like, oh, so this is, this is mama. This is mama saying, leave my kid alone. <laughs> you know? And then I said, so what happened to this family? And she said, that man packed up his whole family and, and left the reservation and moved down to a different reservation because he was afraid that at some point in time, the Bigfoot would come back and cause some more grief and, grief and pain. So as it happened, two days after that experience, we drove past that place. And my dad pointed it out to my mom and said, look, see, there's a pump house. And it was just in splinters all over the place. And I remember thinking, well, it's a Bigfoot. You know, because I didn't <laughs> really know. And um, as I keep hearing these stories from all over the reservation, all over different places, collecting them because they were fascinating to me. Because I have big feet. But my feet aren't big like that. <laughs> you know, um, then I found my foot of Bigfoot prints when I was 15, 16, somewhere right in there. Um, my neighbor actually found the prints and then we compared my feet to them. And um, it, they were a good four inches longer than my feet are. So from there, it's just been a matter of, wow, this is, this is just amazing that there's beings out there that other people just don't run into apparently <laughs> anyway right that's wild sounds like lots of people do run into them because you've interviewed so many people that have stories yeah. and one thing that sort of resounds in all of their stories is if you know you know if you've seen one you know yeah. that they exist i mean there's just no yeah attributing it to anything else. I do have a question about um, the Native Americans. Did they call this creature Bigfoot or was there another term that they would use? So the kind of generic term is Bigfoot or Sasquatch, but every Indian tribe okay. across the United States has a different name. The name that's in our area, yeah. I can't pronounce. <laughs> It's like, it's like 20 <laughs> syllables long and it means oh, um, mm -hmm. meat eater or man eater. One of the two. Oh. The, um, okay. the reason for that is um, Native Americans, when they name something, it's named because of something that they are seeing. That's part of their culture is mm -hmm. um, when they look at something and they see it, they name it by what they're seeing. And so... In our area, they've seen them eat meat, therefore they're the meat eaters. But if you go down a little southern into the, you know, southern Idaho, they talk about pine eaters because they've seen them eating pine pine nuts a lot. So, because we um, interviewed a couple that owns Board Camp Crystal Mine earlier this year, and they have tons of gems on their property, which is sort of coincides with Idaho being the gem state, but Tim, do you recall what they called, was it the spirit? I, I, I believe they call Bigfoot. Bigfoot, they're the forest people. Yeah. The forest people, that's right. Okay. Yeah. And I tell you what, I think I'd rather be out 
looking for or encountering the forest people or the the vegetarians and the <laughs> man eater bitches. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be on the menu. I don't want to be on anybody's menu. I could. <laughs> hey, there is but, a story that uh, I was told secondhand, of course, but there was an older gentleman that lived here, and he told my one of my relatives that, of course, this was years and years ago. They would travel by wagon to church, and they had a revival one night, and they slipped out the back door to go smoke a cigarette. And they sitting on the, the edge of the wagon and they said a Bigfoot came out of the woods and went right up to the porch of the church and bent down and put his hands on the porch and just sat and watched the service a little bit. Of course, Bigfoot couldn't see them because they were in the darkness and stood back up and just walked off like he was curious as to or he or she was curious as to what was going on in the, in the church building. So. I thought, and that was that was told by a gentleman, uh, you know, that was probably that was probably in the nineteen forties or thirties, some somewhere in that time period, probably thirties. People yeah. still had a lot of wagons around here. We country folks around here. Some of those stories are just amazing, Becky. Well, I was just gonna say, CJ brought up the gym state. And she brought up Board Camp Crystal Mine. And, of course, they're known for their crystals there, but they suddenly started having Bigfoot activity, and the Native Americans told them about the forest people, but they also told them about the sky people, and they relayed to us about their other paranormal events happening there, UFOs and such as that, and, and even crystals appearing out of nowhere. But through the course of our show, we've really discovered quite you know not on purpose but quite inexplicably uh, a link it seems like there's some association or often people are witnessing in close proximity to each other paranormal things with bigfoot you know uh ufos uh, it could be other paranormal things i couldn't help but notice that idaho has a lot of ghost towns mm -hmm. it has somewhere called atomic city where they used to do some nuclear things, I think. You've got the Bear Lake Monster. And yep. I, I wanted to ask you, do, do you find any association in Idaho between Bigfoot and other paranormal events? So, <laughs> when I started collecting these stories, I would hear a lot of other stories, and the Indians would kind of branch off and some of them caused me some pretty severe nightmares until I finally oh. just said, you know, let's just stick to the Bigfoot. But, you know, there's <laughs> things like the, the, like the water babies or the shapeshifters mm. or, um, you know, they, they have the sky people. And I, one of the Indian gals came to me and asked me, she said, so what is that? And I said, describe what you're seeing. And, and she told me and I said, to me, that sounds like a griffin or a dragon. And she she got all upset. She said, we don't believe in those type of things. And I said, that's funny because if there were not such a thing, why would they have a name? You know, if you think about that's it. Right. And, and 
I think what she's actually seeing is dragon because dragon dragon live here on this earth. They they don't look like what the fairy tales say they look like, but they, and they're kind of impish and they get into trouble. <laughs> but what? um, but yeah, they're there. <laughs> Wild. So one thing that I was noticing in your stories was um, there seemed to be a divide fearful of what they were running into, the sounds, the smells, mm -hmm. wanting to get out of there as quickly as possible. And those that had more of a um, respect, I guess, in terms of we're just going to let them be and not interfere and watch from a distance, but without any fear of Bigfoot. Does that seem to be the case with everybody? They're either terrified or <laughs> hold them in high regard. <laughs> What's interesting to me is there's I run into a lot of people who have not really told their stories to very many others. And they'll tell me the story and there really is a lot of fear in, involved in. And I'll listen and I don't know if it's intuition or what, but I kind of I get a lot of sense or a feeling for what the Bigfoot are trying to accomplish and like there was one gal, she was telling me this story and, and she, you know, it kind of got into the fanciful, like, and they were going to eat me, you know, and, and I said, you know, <laughs> I, I really don't think so. Because in all of these hundreds and hundreds of people I've interviewed, no one's gotten eaten. In fact, there's some pretty doggone <laughs> cool stories from way back, like, like the turn of the 19th century that, that are fascinating to me. But um, there's an awful lot of people who, um, oh, here, another case in point. Somebody, they spent their life looking for the Bigfoot just wigged clear out of their brain. And, uh, and I just thought, okay, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> they are just big beings. And, and a lot of people are scared because they are so tall. But I... I get that, man. I, as a tall woman, <laughs> there are a lot of people who are really wigged out when they meet me for the first time. I always make it a point to sit down as soon as possible because, you know, mo the average woman comes up just above my belly button, you know? How tall are you, Becky? 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. So I've wow. got a... I've got a good, you know, 14 inches on the average woman. And so yeah. I usually sit down to have a conversation because it generally puts them at ease a little bit more. Otherwise, it's, it's this fear factor. Oh, my gosh, there's something big. I don't understand it. It's scary. <laughs> it happened when it was dark, you know, and they, they mm -hmm. just they start to overreact. And I just think, OK, take a deep breath and let's break this down. Okay, you yeah. were out there, you had some food with you, or you, you know, <laughs> I, I hear my, the one thing I started doing with my books from the very beginning, a lot of integrity and as much honesty as could possibly be derived from any story. And therefore, I will not take a story when the person is obviously inebriated or otherwise impaired mm. because... Out. You hear those stories, and man, everything's big, everything's scary, oh, yeah. and you're like, "Chill, man." 
Sure, that isn't the beer talking about whiskey here. Yeah. Uh, just a question. What is your favorite account that someone's given you over the years? Do you have a favorite uh, story that someone's told you about their encounter with Bigfoot? Um, it kind of changes as I hear some of the new ones. Some that just make me laugh. You know, um, <laughs> I interviewed this guy. And you might have read his account in one of the books. Um he didn't really believe in the Bigfoot. And then one day, as he was getting ready to go to bed, he glanced over through his window and here was this Bigfoot looking in, his fifth wheel looking at him. And um, it, that scared the crap out of him. So he goes back in the back room and um, calls his friend and he's shaking in his shoes. And he's like, there's this thing out there. And, the guy says, describe it. So he describes it. And you like, oh, that's a Bigfoot. You should go out and take it something. You know, like take it some peanut butter. And he's like, there is no way on God's green earth you're going to convince me to go out there and give it a, give him some peanut butter. But <laughs> from that point, <laughs> he is now one of the funniest. It's just been amazing to watch this relationship grow. I went back and in the fourth book, which is just brand new out, it's the um, Bigfoot Lives Any Everywhere in Idaho. What I did is I went back and I re-interviewed a lot of people from those first three books that had ongoing stories with ongoing experiences. And his was one of them. And I went back and I said, you know, how, do, how has your life changed since you've known the Bigfoot? And how, you know, how, and, and his... He's just all cool about it now, you know, it's like, yeah, they're the neighbors, you know, and sometimes they get obnoxious and you kind of have to kick them in the keister and say, settle down, you know. Um, <laughs> but the funniest thing with him, I swear this Bigfoot that's following him around is a female and she's got this thing for him. <laughs> because every single time he takes a, a lady out on a date, it always ends bad. I mean, it just always ends bad. He said, oh, um, <laughs> and I, I, it's probably part of this is in the book too, but they went out, um, he had this gal in this pickup with him and they were out, out in the middle of nowhere and they're making out and th things are getting a little hot and heavy. And all of a sudden the back end of his pickup gets picked up and dropped oh. three feet to the side. <laughs> And of course, that breaks oh up anything that's happening in the front, you know. And the girl is like, "Take me home," <laughs> and he's Terrified. like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> you know? But it keeps happening, and I, I'm like, "You know what? I think you've got a female that's got the sweet for you, and you know, she's just going to keep on pestering you and giving you crap until you acknowledge the fact that she's your she's your soulmate." And <laughs> To let her carry you <laughs> well, off. Yeah, I mean, she distance. was creeping on him through his window to begin with. <laughs> you better look out. We could, I guess we could coin the phrase Bigfoot stalker. That would be the good. She's stalking him, I guess. <laughs> what do you do when you get stalked by Bigfoot? There's no real precedent for being stalked by Bigfoot. So. <laughs> I know, right? It's the opposite. That's a pretty, pretty unique problem there. But, uh, that is funny. 
You know, Becky, you said earlier that these people that are you know, terrified of Bigfoot, you always tell them, well, you haven't heard any stories of people getting eaten by Bigfoot, but I mean, yeah. that's because those people are dead. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't live to tell their story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've been eaten by Bigfoot. I mean, if we're calling him, you know, man eater and meat eater, who knows? Yeah. I'd be terrified too. I'd be running. Yeah, you don't have to be the fastest person to escape Bigfoot. You just have to not be the slowest. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, though, in all of these stories that I've collected, I tell people that the only stories that I have taught to people where it's ended badly has been when the human has been acting like an idiot. You know, where right. they've been doing mm -hmm. something they shouldn't have been doing. Um, it's like um, one of the stories that happened, they put it on BFRO over in this area and these people were out and they were supposedly having a picnic um, and this they, this Bigfoot came up and scared the heck out of them and they were you know fearful of their lives as they got back in their vehicle and left the area. You know, that sounds pretty straightforward, right? So, but why is the Bigfoot all upset on busting up their picnic, you know? So... I was out with a good friend of mine, and he's seen the Bigfoot five or six times, all in the same area. And we were driving around out in the middle of nowhere. And he said, did you read that excerpt from the, you know, BFRO where it says that that guy got chased down by this Bigfoot? And I said, yeah, I read that. And he said, you want to see where it happened? I said, sure. Oh, cool. So we go over, and it is in the middle of nowhere. I mean, literally on the side of this gravel pit area, there's no way to have a decent picnic unless you're, you know, unless you're sitting on the side of the mountain watching your salad go down the, the cliff. <laughs> yeah. And um, he said, this is exactly where it happened. And this is, you know, cause he said he knew the people who reported it. And I'm like, there's no way that they were having a picnic out here. And what the heck were they doing at that time of day? And he said, exactly. He said, now, if you didn't know that there was a Bigfoot involved, what would you think? And I said, well, drug deal, war, you know, they're up to no good. But number one thing came up would be a drug deal going down. He said, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. And he said, and yet they blamed it on the Bigfoot because Bigfoot broke everything up. Scared us. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Town <laughs> that sounds like a, a new television show to me, Bigfoot P.I. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that would be, oh, I, that, that I would idea, watch actually. it. Or yeah. Bigfoot Wilderness Protector or something like that. <laughs> I, I would definitely watch it. To be continued. This has been All Things Unexplained.